John's Gospel, first chapter, talk about the circle of friends that we have and our relationship with Jesus. Now, this is just one of any number of passages that we can turn to, but this one uh, kind of brings it out easily. So I'm going to begin reading uh, at verse 26 of chapter 1. The Pharisees have been asking John the Baptist about what he's doing. And John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man comes after me who has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would have not known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by. He said, look, the Lamb of God, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. Well, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. 
Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, an interesting, interesting scenario here of, of Jesus and these initial uh, disciples, followers. Now, I'm sure, like myself, you've been invited to events where whoever invited you was the only person that you knew. Occasionally, I get invited to events by people I don't even know. Uh, and you show up, and I, my wife doesn't care for this. I just kind of revel in it. I think it's just a lot of fun, new people. So you go in there, and it's, it's just, for me, a great time. Um, you know, most times I connect with somebody, and somebody connects with me. We find something uh, in our past or in whatever we find interesting, and we just get a conversation going, and it's not uncommon for our relationship to grow. It might take weeks, months, other occasions, uh, plans to get together and, and meet and to talk. Uh, you never guess it, but I got a guy, and he's got, can you believe it? 14 Model A's in his backyard. <laughs> he thinks he's found a car salesman. So he wants, wants some help. Well, you never know. You, you go and you meet that person and pretty soon there's some kind of a bond. Now, the point that I'm getting at here is it doesn't really take long if you are willing. And what ends up happening that we miss most of the times is this, that this creates a sphere of influence, that this, just this little connective thing, whatever it is, automobiles or other stuff, and all of a sudden maybe you find that this is a person that you really are going to listen to. They've got something to say. They've got something to offer. Or maybe they look at you that way, or maybe you both look at each other this way. And all of a sudden, from, well, just bluntly, the way God made you and the way God made them, now there's something there. I just want to make a case for you to think about this. You are made the way you're made. It just didn't happen. Uh, you can say, well, oh, I don't know about that. Well, you can take twins. You can take brothers, siblings. You can put them together. And a lot of times as they grow up, their interests are just diverse. But you go out and connect with other people in society and community, and all of a sudden, bingo. Because of the way God made that person, the way he's made you, you have influence in one another's lives. Uh, 
You know, Pat and I have been a lot of different places, and so we have connections with people all across the southeast. I got a phone call this week from a guy up in a little further north in Georgia who wants to talk. Had a phone call from over in Gulfport, Mississippi. A guy wants to talk. Man over in Jackson, Mississippi. I called him to talk to him. We're, we're connected. Things of common interest. Now, if we could look at these setup of tables here for a minute, think about it. And we could say, I'll bet you that this is a work y'all live next door to each other? No. You work together. See what's happened? Now over here you got a church table. You, we got that one. We know about the church table. Over here we've got some outsiders, but they've even brought somebody else that's an outsider with them. And they've shown up. And, and But it, it's this way. And if you think about your life, well, yes, we've got people that we know from work. We don't have much connection with them other than at work, but at work, we really value one another's influence. Same way with church. If you've got a neighborhood, you've got another group in your neighborhood. If you've raised children, each one of those children takes you to another group of people. And whenever you go there, I mean, the, our kids were in soccer primarily. And you would go to a soccer deal, and you'd never see these people again till the next soccer game. They lived in another part of the county. But you know what? Whenever that soccer game or soccer practice came, it would be these two or three families getting together, they just connected. Uh, when Calvin was in, in football and basketball in high school, same thing. If you're in a social club, same thing. In all of these places, and for the reasons of why ever you're involved in them, there are people there who you have influence on and they have influence on you. And God made that. It's, it's just not something that, well, is indifferent. For us as Christians, it should not be anything that's indifferent. You know, every morning we walk. Just about six days a week we get up and we walk. But we always walk on Ridge Avenue. This morning, got up to the corner. We were going one way. Here comes a guy, George Washington. There he is. Hey, George. Hey, John. Hey, Pat. We talk. See the same group of people. Uh, we've rescued dogs together. <laughs> okay. You've got the picture. Who's your greatest friend? Now, for me... You know who I spend more time with than anybody else? Who do you think? Jesus. 
I spend more time with Jesus than I spend with my wife. I mean, I get up in the morning. Believe me, when I get up in the morning at 5 o'clock, Pat is not interested. <laughs> so I get up, and I make the coffee, and Jesus and I are there on the couch, and I've got the Bible, and I've got my notepad, and I've got my pen, and uh, I've got some books, and I'm reading, and I'm praying, and I'm reading, and I'm praying, spending time with Jesus. I get up and go down the road, and somebody pulls in front of me and cuts me off, and I'm spending real time with Jesus. <laughs> Is this, does this relate? Don't you? You might not think about it, but uh, there's a verse that I'm going to use Sunday. I'm preaching Sunday, so you can pray for everybody. They'll probably, everybody will get a little something on them before they get out of there. But there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, that says we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Isn't that what we're trying to do as Christians throughout the day? We want to do what Jesus wants us to do. And we think about it, and as things come up, that's the way it is. Jesus is the person that has the absolute most influence on my life. Now, you might say, how could that be true of you? Or if, if you say, I, that's what I need to do. Well, I mean, it's just not rocket science. I mean, it's just not. Uh, we talk about quality time and quantity of time, and so we go back and say in the 50s and earlier than that, well, we maybe didn't have great quality time, but boy, we were able to give quantity of time, and as the world's gotten more helter-skelter, we really want to say, well, I don't have much time to give, but whatever I give, it's really high quality, and everybody knows that that's bunk. That's bunk. If you want a relationship with Jesus... A relationship requires time. So I would just say to you, get up in the morning or cut out some time at work. Read your Bible. Pray throughout the day. Whatever's going on, especially when somebody cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> you know, it just seems lately, the cars, have you ever noticed how in the summer your car cools better when it's going down the road than when you're stopped? And so you want to avoid Vineville Avenue westbound about 4.30 because you're going to get stuck at Pinona. And that, I mean, I'm just going like, can't you get it? I mean, the light's green. Go! <laughs> and people are going, you know, like they're on a farm, you know, going to a picnic. And, I mean, I just drives me nuts. And I just got to say, Lord... There go I, in just a few years, I'll be doing the same thing. I'll be a fly in somebody's ointment. All right. We have to talk to the Lord all through it. We need to think that that's what we're doing and do it. Jesus has the most influence of any living person on my life. We can read more, we can pray more, we can have more fellowship with Christians. We can step out more in faith. Those are things that we can do. And we can tell others. Let me explain when you tell others something. 
Normally when you try and tell somebody about Jesus that doesn't know Jesus and you're a person that you do have in a relationship with an influence on, what are they invariably going to do if they're your friend and you start telling them about Jesus? They're going to ask you a question or two. And when they ask you a question or two, it may not be the question that you were thinking was going to be asked. And so you have to think about how is my relationship with Jesus? What makes my relationship with Jesus? And these questions shouldn't put us off. Uh, yeah, they might threaten us on the moment, but what they do is they deepen our relationship with Jesus because we think about our relationship when we're challenged this way. And so I want to encourage you. I, I believe, I'm not an evangelist here today, I believe that you all, Jesus is your best friend. All right. I'm constantly telling stories about people. I've got some about just about every one of you out there. A couple of you are shaking your head because you don't want it. I won't broadcast it here very often. And uh, I'll try and make sure that I, as they say, and remember uh, Dragnet? Remember Dragnet? What did they always do in Dragnet? Remember, they changed the names to protect the innocent. So, not that any of you are innocent, by the way. I don't believe that. So, but but that's the way it is. Friends tell friends about one another. Um, Pat and I will have been married 36 years on the fifth of next month. Good friend. Now tomorrow, Pat's doing just what I'm talking about. How many of you know about the Olive Forge? The Olive Forge. Got one hand that knows about the Olive Forge. Well, tomorrow, my wife will meet Leanne, and let's see, I've got their names written down here. There will be Mary. And there will be Carolyn, and they will be going up with Pat in her car. And then a girl that I don't know how many of these three girls know Susan. Susan's from Forsyth. And they will go to the Olive Forge, which is just into Baldwin County between Highway 2 and 20 or 49. Um, and there is a place there that specializes in native-grown Georgia plants and weeds, native-grown weeds. And so they're going there. And, you know, this is going to deepen my wife's relationships with these women. They are going to think, we've been driving by this place. For 20 years and didn't know it was here and all of a sudden they're gonna start going there and buying some really cool stuff and they'll be taking their friends there but that's what my wife does that's what I do I do this kind of nonsense all the time now 
what's my wife doing? She's made friends, and she has this friend that has the olive forge, and she's going to put them all together. And you know what? She called up. She said, are you all going to be there? Yeah, we're going to be there. How many people are you bringing? I'm bringing four. And the woman up at the olive forge says, well, I'll have some special things here to take them around that they can smell and taste. Now, this is going to be a great outing. And that's the way it is. Now, you look here. What happens? Here is a man, and his name's Andrew. And he has just come to meet Jesus. And he can tell that Jesus is going to influence the rest of his life. He can see it. And he is excited. And the first thing he does is he goes and gets his own brother. He's a business partner. And he brings and he introduces his brother to Jesus. Well, I'm going to say a little more about that in a minute. Well, a little while later, Jesus is going along, and he finds this guy named Philip. Philip's got a friend that's like a lot of people that I know in, in the Macon area. You know, there, there are a lot of people in Macon that have got the been there, done that idea. You know, you, you might want to try and tell them something, but you've got something to say about it. Here, here it is. From Nazareth? You've got to be kidding me. That would be like saying from Alabama? Really? What? Oh, can't believe it. You know, at least for me, from Florida, some people are halfway envious. But Alabama, I mean, like, whoa. But that's what that's the way this, this guy, uh, Nathaniel, is. Now, look, Philip doesn't have all the answers, but he's got a good answer. Come and see. It's not the, the best answer, but it's a good one. Come and see. And so Nathaniel, why is he following Philip? Because Philip has influence. Philip has a relationship. Philip is a friend. And because of that, he is going to follow the lead of Philip. He meets Jesus. And again, something I want to connect with happens immediately. And now, Nathaniel's following Jesus. By the way, all through the gospel, Philip is constantly bringing people to Jesus. That's about all you'll ever see about Philip. But Philip's constantly the one that's bringing people to Jesus. Um, have you ever thought about Jesus as the life of the party? Have you ever contemplated it? I mean, I love to go to a party, and every once in a while, for some reason, I'll get them going. 